welcome to episode one of this mini-series on health and inclusion. I'm Ashley Mueller with the Geneva Center for Security Policy. And in this episode, Fleur and Johanna look at health and inclusion. So today I'm delighted to be joined by Johanna Rolston, who is the CEO of the World Obesity Federation and also a GCSP fellow. She has delivered a health security course um, and has a very strong curriculum vitae, which um, is available on our website, including having led the NCD Alliance. So Joanna, a very warm welcome. You specialize in NCDs, non-communicable diseases, from heart disease through to obesity. Casting our minds back to a year ago before we were dealing with COVID every day, what were the health challenges you were most concerned about? Thank you, Fleur. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. So a year ago today, I was um, most concerned about the fact that the epidemic of non-communicable diseases or NCDs, which includes cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and obesity, um, among others, um, were not getting the adequate uh, attention and resource that they required. They were still We were still struggling to gain attention for them as challenges of particularly low and middle income countries, where they have in fact surpassed um, infectious disease and other health challenges as the main drivers of death and disability in the majority of countries. What, and particularly the burgeoning obesity challenge, which now uh, there's, there's more than 1 billion people worldwide living with obesity, and yet it's, it's poorly mis, you know, understood as a, as a matter of personal weakness and failure when, it, when it's far from that. Those were the real issues that were concerning me. I've been working in the NCD space for over two decades and uh, was previously running World Heart Federation and I helped get NCD Alliance off the ground and, uh, and also uh, ran uh, the global program for a cancer, large cancer organization in the US. So I hear you saying that far from being symptoms of wealth, um, these are actually symptoms of poverty. Is that fair to say? Very much so. And I think that that's the pattern that we've seen in higher income countries as well. Now we see that, for example, obesity is very much associated in the US, in the UK, with lower socioeconomic status. And, uh, and as we know, of course, that's, that's um, had an impact in our current uh, situation. The same is true also for, for heart disease, for diabetes. Um, India is now known as the diabetes capital of the world. And while it tends to start as an association with wealth because as people are able to eat sort of more westernized diets that's initially associated with wealth but now with the with the cheapening of the food system the commodification of food it becomes uh, more uh, increasingly associated with poverty gosh and so have these concerns changed in the midst of this pandemic um, i noticed that in a recent lancet article covid-19 was described as a syndemic rather than a pandemic. Could you explain what this means? It's a fantastic word. Uh, it's, it, it has, it's, it's nice to, in a way, introduce a word that gives people pause. A syndemic is really a co-occurrence of pandemics. So it's, it's multiple, you know, sort of uh, major health uh, challenges across geographies that are co-occurring in time and space. And in fact, um, in this case, as we see, worsening one another. The same is true for the, the syndemic of uh, obesity, undernutrition, and climate change each of those um, influences the other and, uh, and in fact worsens the other. The same is true here where we see the syndemic of COVID-19 associated with NCDs. So finally, um, and in a very terrible, heartbreaking and unnecessarily 
painful way, we've seen NCDs start to, 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 to be elevated on the global agenda because of their correlation with, um, with uh, COVID-19 and in fact, the sort of syndemic of COVID-19 and NCDs that we're experiencing now. That means that really NCDs, um, NCDs like obesity, like heart disease, uh, like even uh, cancer and diabetes, uh, have a significant impact on outcomes of COVID-19. There's far, far greater complications of it, far greater mortality from it uh, among people with um, pre-existing NCDs. It's a complete, uh, you know, the, the evidence accumulates every day. We don't know why that is. There's lots of good theories why, but we do not know exactly why. But uh, it speaks to the, um, to the fact that NCDs were an overwhelming burden that now has escalated and expanded the, the, the COVID-19 pandemic. Are you able to give us any recent statistics on the percentage of people affected or the outcomes that you mentioned? You know, the first data um, from France, I think, said something like 99, no, sorry, from Italy, apologies, said something like 95 to 99% of people who were, you know, sort of <laughs> affected by COVID-19 were, were, had underlying NCDs. In the case of obesity, early data showed that the two-thirds of all people in ICU in the UK were, were um, had obesity, had, um, and had severe obesity. So, so the numbers, and the numbers continue to to accumulate uh, around that in, in different geographies, but, um, but, but it's overwhelmingly the majority of, um, of COVID, of cases of COVID and particularly with COVID complications, I wanna add. Um, so meaning the, the, the worst outcomes um, are highly correlated with, with NCDs and underlying conditions. So I'm really interested in this from a gender and inclusion perspective. Um, when the COVID outbreak really started to take hold back in March and April, we hosted a series of webinars for international gender champions. And the first one we looked at was respond, don't react. And we're seeing um, that the responses of governments um, are becoming more differentiated according to different regions um, and different uh, zones, different cities. Uh, but do we need to get even more responsive um, in the way that we're directing resources in this pandemic? Some of the some of the ideas around uh, sort of how we how we appropriately uh, value um, <laughs> the women's roles and how that plays into this uh, to sort of put the gender lens on this and think about you know do reproduction and care work. Um, and even environmental work that sustains us. Do those do those have appropriate value? Well, we know that they don't, and we know that um, that issues like NCDs also um, have have a, are about in some strange way a misalignment of values. Because one of the biggest risk factors for for uh, all of the common NCDs, particularly diabetes, particularly obesity, is unhealthy diet and um, high diet and high intake of ultra processed foods. Johanna, you said that reproduction, care work, the environment aren't appropriately valued. I just want to go deeper here. We know that women are routinely trapped in time-consuming, unpaid domestic tasks, are globally less likely to access higher education, well-paid employment or business opportunities, and more likely to live in poverty. They've also been disproportionately impacted by school closures and domestic violence during confinement. Are women also therefore more impacted by COVID from a health perspective because of their access to nutritious food? What's the bigger picture here? So people therefore with who have a high diet and intake of ultra processed foods are going to be more vulnerable to the complications of COVID-19. Um, so why is, it, why is this happening? It's happening because on the surface food is cheap. Um, and so the lower socioeconomic status 
uh, people from lower socioeconomic status have access to cheaper food. Well, that cheaper food is unhealthy. And the reality is it actually isn't cheap when you look at the overall societal costs of unhealthy diets of ultra processed foods because they're based on sort of monocrop loss of diverse uh, localized uh, food and the um, and sort of industrial agriculture, which has uh, through through you know effective and innovative means reduced the 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 sort of the number of major crops that are produced that into you know things like corn, uh, wheat, and soy are the main crops worldwide, and that contributes to a global food system that is is very undiverse in its offerings, very cheap and accessible, and um, in order to be globally available, heavily processed, so as to be edible by the time it reaches the, um, you know, the last mile, the final, the final person, you know, the, the, the customer, but, um, but has a, has a very uh, sort of deleterious effect on the individual, uh, driving obesity, driving um, heart disease, driving diabetes. Um, I'm not sure if that, if that link is, is clear, but it's incredibly important to understand that, that, that our food system is driving a lot of this and our food system is artificially inflated through sort of subsidies and, and cheap prices at, by the end user uh, to, to appear to be cheap and to be, cheer to be an opportunity for, for people of lower uh, socioeconomic status to be able to, to eat. And yet, um, that that what is being eaten turns out to to be um, very very um, unhealthy, and driving um, these sort of underlying conditions that are in turn driving COVID nineteen. From yeah. a little road there from your initial question about sort of the the, the sort of differentiation, to, to to try to think about and understand what are what is the what are those sort of what is that person presenting in hospital presenting uh, dying quickly of COVID nineteen? What are the what are the conditions that they've they've um, that have driven their uh, their vulnerability to COVID in the first place? And it has a huge and complex system behind it. Absolutely, and I, some of these solutions aren't going to be quick fixes overnight. And clearly, there's a need to um, contain uh, the spread of COVID um, as much as possible to limit the vulnerability of these people in the short term. But in the longer term, um, as we start to think, well, if we're devaluing. Um, the, the environment, if we're devaluing um, the people that are um, involved in that system of production and reproduction, um, what shifts do we need to make in terms of the way we approach policy making? Um, how do we fix this? How do we improve um, and play our part in trying to rebalance this system. So I, I think we need to, you know, we need to use this, this slightly overused phrase of building back better. We do need to think about what, what were those systemic issues that, that meant that the poorest people are also the sickest people um, and chronically sick, not just sick due to infectious diseases, but having underlying chronic conditions, which is very much now what we're seeing. So I think it is, um, you know, building, uh, you know, re revisiting food systems, of course, revisiting even a built environment. I think that plays an incredibly important role as well, as well. Uh, agricultural systems and even things like um, housing um, and, uh, and, and sort of the environment. But, um, but if we, if we, but to answer it more simply, I think we have to take a long and a short view and the short view are obviously there, there are things we can do to, to, to make health systems work more effectively and, and, and to have, um, you know, to be, to be uh, more accessible to, to all, but, but, um, those, but then we need sort of longer term reconstruction of both our food and our health systems um, to, 
to to help protect against this happening in the future, which it it most probably will. <laughs> um, I think if nothing else, this is a dress rehearsal for a future pandemic, and we need to have health systems that speak to each other more effectively um, across borders. We we very much see that fragmented communication of health systems to one another was impeded both by misalignment of those health systems, but also by, of course, you know, sort of the political barriers. Um, and then that um, that that food systems and and, and other systems um, work better to um, to to serve the individual with with healthy and nutritious diets, which which in turn, the probably the simplest thing is to say greater greater sovereign um, diets is, is certainly part of the solution. You say sovereign diets, do you mean diet, food produced within a country for the yeah. people of that country? Yeah, to the, to the extent possible, um, while recognizing that there are also tremendous benefits of, of availability of, for example, fresh fruits and vegetables year round in a, in a food system that, that does allow for cross-border uh, production and distribution. But, um, but, that, um, but that part of the issue is that sort of most local farming and low, much local farming is wild oversimplification here, but there's a preponderance of, of local farming that that supports industrial agriculture rather than local uh, communities and that those types of things, you know, sort of transformation of those systems uh, plays an important role. And you can see local empowerment playing a huge role here. Um, my colleague Anna Brack published a policy brief on human empowerment um, as a key tool in inclusion um, and really trying to create an environment whereby those local communities are equipped with the resources they need and the knowledge they need to take ownership over some of this production and these, this innovation. Absolutely, I think that's such an important point Flo. I think, I think local empowerment and I would say one step further, which is around individual power empowerment, which requires sort of the the affected individuals at the table at the outset. So I think it's a it's a it's sort of flipping the script on on these kind of large global systems, which quite frankly are are designed in places you know like Geneva, like New York, like you know sort of that that kind of flipping the script is really really important. We have now for this episode. Thank you to Ms. Fleur Hayworth and Johanna Rolston for this important conversation on health and inclusion. Keep this mini-series rolling and listen to our next episode on diversity and policy. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, follow us on Spotify and SoundCloud. Click the next button and get to the next episode.